early years of the second age, the great Elvin Smiths forged rings of power. Nine for mortal men. Aragorn may be the king of men, but Anthony Daniels is now the undisputed king of spoilers. This is Lord of the Rings 1978 animated spoiler. This is spoiler. Ugh, Anthony Daniels. Ugh. The king we deserve. <laughs> no, it's not. It's such a weird king. It's like we're the Ewoks <laughs> bowing down to C-3PO. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm your host. I'm recording out of Goshen, Indiana tonight. Thank you for joining us on Spoilers! Exclamation point podcast. This pod is going to go in several different feeds because we have a Lord of the Rings specific feed, but then we have our main feed, which you're probably listening to. Let's go around the horn and let's go east to east. Who you are where you're recording from, and maybe just what surprised you most watching this version of the movie. Eastus would be Brett. Okay. Um, this is Brett recording out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I think it was surprising that 80% was was like the first book. 18% was the... Uh, no, pretty much the last 20% was the second book. I mean... And then it just ends. <laughs> like, was there supposed to be a sequel? There was. But let's save that for the pod. Let's okay. keep moving to the east. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. My name is Mikey, recording from Goshen, Indiana. And uh, I was surprised with how much rotoscoping was in this movie pretty heavily rotoscoped not a whole lot of hand-drawn animation but just a lot of uh drawing over like stuff that they filmed um it's easier and it looks cool but it's definitely cheaper so i was surprised i was gonna ask i'm gonna need to ask all you guys what was going on because i don't understand we got some roger rabbit levels of mixed media happening here let's keep moving to the east i think stevie's up next this is stevie recording from elkhart And Josh, I am so thrilled you picked this movie. This movie is confusing, it's chaos, it's erotic, and, like, honestly, I think I texted you this. This movie brought an audible gasp out of me that I have never had happen in spoilers history. So thank you for picking this movie. I love that as a teaser, too, because you didn't tell me what moment that was, so let's not... Tell we the audience. Let, we, wait, we all know. Let's get to that. Let's let's simmer to that. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring it to a low heat. Pappy? Uh, yeah, this is Pappy. Um, what's not keeping it to a low heat, Josh, is that Lord of the Rings feed just had its biggest week of plays since we launched it, which is pretty exciting. It's like wow. three months after we launched it. But Awesome. Uh, what, I, what surprised me about this movie is I thought I had seen the whole thing. But then I remembered once I started watching it, I actually watched it while having a psychedelic experience with (laughs) And it got to the prancing pony scene. It was too much for both of us, and we had to turn it off and go swim in the pool. (laughs) I remember being traumatized by that. Cool down, swim. Sounds real smart. Seven for the dwarf lords. Three for the tall elf king. But then the Dark Lord learned the craft of ring-making and made the Master Ring. The one ring to rule them all. 
This is Corey, uh, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I'm the westest. I'm out here in the Shire. Um, the <laughs> thing that surprised me the most, I would probably be like the animation next to like the more realistic depictions, which I think were also animated to a degree, but less so. Namely, like when you see a character like Aragorn, who seems almost fully animated next to the orcs. So that, that, that clash was the thing that surprised me the most. I knew this was going to be an animated movie, but I wasn't expecting any of that. Cool. So that's everyone on the pod. Thanks for the introductions. Let's, like, we're, we all know the story of Lord of the Rings, and so I don't want to go through plot point by plot point, but we do need to kind of travel with them a bit, and we can talk about the animation and the weird crap that happens along the way. <laughs> Uh, Stevie, we see basically silhouettes on bold screens and they start telling the history of the With the one ring, Middle Earth is his and he cannot be overcome. As the last alliance of men and elves fell beneath his power, he did not notice the heroic shadow who slipped in. Yeah, so when I saw, I was expecting, I've never seen this movie before, and you said Lord of the Rings animated. I love Lord of the Rings. I love animation. How could this movie go wrong? By not starting with the animation. I let out an oh my god when it's just red light and black silhouettes, and they're retelling the story of how the ring came to be. And then, like, it's just, it honestly looks like a bad stage play. You'd see, like, in a small town, but they're trying to do big, heavy time Broadway. And it just is not working. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my first impression of this movie is where's the animation? And then when we get to the animation, it's bad. Because, I mean, <laughs> like they show like Smeagol and I forget the friend that he murders. Like, Eagle. What is it? Deagle? Deagle. Yeah. Desert Eagle. Man, that J.R. Tolkien, man, he's crafty. <laughs> Smeagol and Deagle. Deagle uh, .50. That's a copy right, right there, Smeagol and Deagle. But, uh, yeah, this movie threw me for a loop instantly, and I was hooked. So, yeah, that's me. I think <laughs> we've done six episodes on just the first movie by Peter Jackson, so I guess we're all Lord of the Rings buffs. Th- this intro part, was there anything that piqued your guys' interest about the plot and maybe what was different than you know about Lord of the Rings? Or did this seem like pretty much straightforward? I think that's where we're going to get a lot of our discussion tonight is where this kind of subverted our expectations and changed <laughs> the story around a little bit. Uh, well, we got to see Smeagol actually kill Deagle in this, right? We don't get to see that in uh, the Lord of the Rings movies, right? And I'm going to keep it. Oh, are you indeed, my love? Yeah, we do. He chokes them in the third movie. Yeah. Oh, we got to wait that far. I thought it was pretty straightforward, Josh. Was there any differences? Well, they didn't go through the whole history of mankind itself necessarily. Thank God. I don't know. I guess I went through you, Stevie. I was really transfixed on, like, what is this silhouetting (laughs) they're doing? And just, like, like, use it. It's shadow theater. Well, like, I think Corey had a good point. Like, I honestly think if, like, someone could pull off, like, a whole YouTube video of, like, fellowship in this style, I would actually be pretty captivated by it. But, like, it's the inconsistency, right? It's, like, this, then jumping to rotoscoping, then jumping to animation to, like, live action Mm -hmm. hybrid. Like, I I didn't think it looked that bad, 
per se. It's just a little disorienting. Brett disagrees. Yeah. Nah, go ahead. Well, it's <laughs> even, Pappy, before we even get to the animation, there's this, like, picture, still picture that they just zoom into for, like, 20 seconds. So some of the, quote, animation is just a single drawing that they, like, push into to mm-hmm. establish a setting, which I think is a whole nother style in and of itself. They just toss around. Um yeah, and some of the paintings when they do that like are quite nice looking by themselves, but it does feel strange in that I notice it. And I know they use that technique in other animated movies, especially older ones, but I don't think I notice it as much cuz they put in little bits of motion here and there. Uh somebody said at the beginning it was like a mixed media project, and that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it does a lot of different stuff. And it's like very experimental, I think for well, maybe not for its time. The seventies, everybody was like tripping. This is like a giant acid trip, I guess. But <laughs> it is. Um, Do not recommend. Do not recommend. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I wonder if that's kind of why it's in this style because it is such psychedelic art and stuff. So it kind of makes you wonder why they chose to go that route. And none of the like animation from scene to scene is like consistent. Like Pap said, it's all different techniques and stuff. Very interesting. I don't know if there's much discussion here, Josh, but one thing that I did notice was different is that this made it very clear the amount of time that passed after Bilbo gave Frodo the ring. And I think it's like using that same painting shot, just like jumps over like a bunch of seasons. But like we talked about that. SpongeBob guy shows up and he's like 17 years later. (laughs) 17 years later. Yeah, this movie is very explicit about 17 years. And that was like a big running joke that we had last time we covered this movie. Did. I also enjoyed not only that coverage of time, but the aging of characters in this seems more realistic to the books. I feel like, Brett, that's a good thing to toss your way. Like, Aragorn is like 80, right? Yeah, he's definitely older. Um, I'm just, I was kind of wondering what Native American tribe he was actually <laughs> part of. <laughs> Redcorn um, tribe. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought uh, they made... They didn't really age Bilbo, probably like he would have been when they saw him the first time. Hmm. I thought that was kind of a mistake. I, I don't, and then maybe it's just because it was maybe geared towards kids. They didn't really think the kids would understand how he would age so much. But like we know it's because he was freaking old and then he takes the ring off. I mean, he doesn't have the ring anymore and then he just ages rapidly. But yeah, I think they portrayed Aragorn pretty well. Like he's older, he's more seasoned and... uh I mean, and Gimli is like the tallest dwarf ever. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just weird. I think we can all agree, though. I think we can all agree, though, having a brown person in the main cast of Lord of the Rings totally ruined it. Great call by Peter Jackson to not, <laughs> not make the same mistake. Look, Eric Aragorn, the way he looks, like, like he does look like a Native American, and all that's fine, and I think he, he plays it well. The problem with Aragorn is that he fucking cruises around in bare legs. Yeah, That's the problem. <laughs> Same with Boromir. Didn't, didn't Boromir do that also? Yes, but he Short is shorts. he is gone as soon as he arrives in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is a breakneck pace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so breakneck, we literally see a time lapse of seasons pass, and Gandalf comes back a little bit wary for the road because he's been finding out everything about the ring. And... I would like to just stop on this plot point for a second because I actually thought the wizard battle was 
pretty cool to watch. Now, this was the longest animation feature film of its time. Like nothing really came close to this besides Fantasia, but I was getting some Fantasia vibes here. I was getting some just like classic 70s wizard vibes. It was cool. Have you yeah, seen, dude? Have you seen any of the Ralph Bakshi movies, Josh? Uh, like what? Wizards? Uh, Fritz the Heavy Cat. Metal? Fritz the Cat? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw Heavy Metal in college under a similar state to which I watched this the first time. And, like, yeah, it's just. <laughs> How it's much a acid very, did like, you drop in college? I saw Bilbo use it once before he went away. <laughs> it's a very psychedelic. Uh, Enough, Corey. Play the fifth Enough. on that. Uh, but, yeah, it's a very psychedelic. I don't know style and like it kind of reminded me too of like you know how there was that rumored project of like uh stanley kubrick doing lord of the rings with the beatles like this yeah. wizard battle is kind of like what i pictured that movie being like <laughs> <laughs> I, my favorite part is saruman who is sometimes called aruman aruman yeah, yeah right. so many times <laughs> but my favorite part is when he says saruman of many colors <laughs> 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 so I guess in the initial script, in the initial dubbing, they just called Saruman Aruman because, like we said when we covered Lord of the Rings last time, Sauron versus Saruman is just yeah. really confusing. I think it was Mikey who said, is Saruman like the son of Sauron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we changed it to Aruman, and then I think there's like a fan backlash and so they changed it but weren't able to change all the instances so you're left with this mishmash of i don't know but it kind of makes sense because the wizards have like different names depending on like who's referring to them which i've always thought was kind of a cool thing not confusing at all what talk is this what are you saying saruman <laughs> mithrandia josh i have a question for you <laughs> yeah as someone who has seen both fellowship and this movie which one do you prefer from Aroman? Actually, like, beating the shit out of Gandalf or just, like, opening his robe and arms and, like, shooting off a giant light to trap him in time? <laughs> <laughs> well, the negatives about this version is that we didn't get any sneaker squeaks. I was listening for them. <laughs> but I think I like the mystical way they're fighting a little bit more. It was almost like they're fighting on a ground floor and he, like unbeknownst to Gandalf teleported him to the top it was just kind of a cool mind twist both the wizard battles and both the movies were pretty well done I don't know moving right along here there's a really similar shot of the roots when or we get a really similar shot of the hobbits hiding in the roots as to Peter Jackson's film the ring wraiths are chasing down the road and Frodo's like get off of the road (laughs) (laughs) but that just brings me to like kind of a discussion question. Like, it seems like P- Peter Jackson was pretty aware of this film and took some of the strongest parts. I from think it. So. he directly lifted from it. He said so. The 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 obvious one is the like the scene from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People where they're hiding under the tree. I mean, that's like that's exactly what Peter Jackson did. So I thought that was really cool. So he's a fraud. We're calling him out right now. He's no. a fraud. Fraud Jackson. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Brett Brett said it. Brett said it. Yeah, but Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is a billion times better than this. So <laughs> Yes. So I think he gets a free pass. Josh, have you read these books? 
Yeah. What do you make of the horny ring wraith that was having a very odd Oh my goodness. Oh. uh audible release while <laughs> being above the hobbits and looking for the ring? Steve, how as host, I would like to toss it to you to really <laughs> color in that scene for the audience. Okay, so <laughs> when you first look at these ring wraiths, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, kind of these bland kind of socialism, communist robes, you know. <laughs> uh, and you have red eyes as well. And then this ring wraith gets off the horse, and you're like, he's going to draw a sword. He's going to be like seven feet tall. Instead, he's walking like he has spina bifida, and it's very strange. (laughs) He's doing kind of Mm -hmm. like, he's doing, I can't even explain how he walks. It's like his knees are hitting together, he's crouching down, and he releases an audible noise that has not left my brain uh, in a matter of 48 hours when he's looking... He's near the ring, at least. Uh, I can't even describe it. This is It's a fair point, though, because these writers are supposed to be like old, decrepit men. I kind of liked seeing it. Old, decrepit men don't make that noise, Josh. Not without pills. That sounds like an old, decrepit man's orgasm. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's what that sounds like? (laughs) Pappy. I don't want to live in the old. What? How does it sound like, Brett? (laughs) Yeah, come on. You're the Pappy. Uh, You know what Pappies are like. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What? Brittany Brittany said she thought it looked like the hobbits were pooping. Well, uh, if you go back and watch it, which I'm sure nobody ever will, but they're like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look like they're pinching a loaf. Just Sam. Ever Just Sam. Well, yeah. scared. If we're talking about character design, we have to stop at Sam. Like, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> what do you mean? He's a very handsome boy. There's nothing wrong with Sam at all. He looks 95. Very special boy. <laughs> I don't, even his mannerisms, you guys, are just like, what am I supposed to think about <laughs> Sam right now? What do you think about him, Pap? I okay. I mean, he honestly doesn't look like he has all of his, you know, facilities with him. He doesn't seem like he's all the way there, and he's is very affectionate towards Frodo, which is a very strange dynamic. Very affectionate. I don't know. I mean, that's something that's been talked about since the original movies. But uh, do you think it's stronger in this one? Oh yeah. I did. I, only time I thought that is when they were obviously going to make out. Um, <laughs> at was that at the fire? Aragorn's telling that story. And yeah, and they were going to make out and they get stopped. I don't think you can see where Sam's hand is, actually. If you look close <laughs> oh, enough. we know. <laughs> Josh, you were very, very anti those kind of jokes when we did the original, or, or the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Have you softened your stance? Does this, does this make you see that there might be some subtext there, potentially? I, I, I think, okay, 2000s, Sean Astin, Sam, cisgender, straight dude. Not, <laughs> 1978. I think he's. I think 70s Sam is gay. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know if Frodo things. is or not, but Sam. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. I just. I was doing a Seinfeld. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I just think that yeah, Sam. It's really hard to know what to take from him. Did Did you guys find him comedic in this at all? In what kind of way? I thought he was funnier than. I mean, he's the second funniest character i guess he's funny looking who's the first funniest brett gollum 
cracked me up everything he did. <laughs> he was like a crackhead who was looking for like a chocolate bar. Like he was. <laughs> I got these cheeseburgers, man. Yeah, that's exactly that what I was ring. thinking of, man. I didn't know if anyone would get that reference, but got these cheese. But that's, that's exactly how he was moving. Like you can't tell me that he wasn't drawn a little bit from someone who's fiending, you know? <laughs> he literally he is, is in a way. fiending. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's the ultimate drug he's trying to get. But yeah, I'm glad that you uh, you know that reference. That's awesome. It was quite alarming though to jump to jump because I've never seen this movie before. So to jump from Sean Astin Sam to this Sam was really something. Like this Sam walks with a limp, and his mannerisms consist of an 85 year old grandmother who's worried about her grandson. Yeah, it was weird. What would it have been like to see f- to fruition this version of Sam being like? I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you, Mr. Frodo. You know, would that have been any, like Stevie would have been potentially more uh, gratifying to see this kind of, uh, this version of Sam overcome all of his obstacles in life and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, I imagine had, what's this guy's name again? Ralph Bakshi. Is that his name? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I imagine if they had shot it like that, it would have been in slow motion for some odd reason because there's a lot of slow-mo in this movie for some strange reason. And it just would have looked so strange because there's no in-between animation. Like, head sizes, body sizes would have gone in and out nonstop while he's running up that hill. So, yeah, no. So, anyway, we were talking about the ring race giving the fo- the hobbits a blumpkin or whatever at the tree. Um they go through Bree. Uh, they kind of play out the dance that you see in the extended scene a little more. Uh, Frodo gets on a table as Mr. Underhill. Uh, they don't... Peter Jackson, to his credit, f- figured out how to frame a lot of this stuff a lot better. It's just a little underwhelming after seeing the movie. He just kind of falls under table and slips it on. And Does anyone know why Like everyone in the inn gets all pissed off at this magic trick? <laughs> I don't know, messing with their buzz. I don't know. You think you're better than me? (laughs) (laughs) I want visible and such. Maybe they're all checking their wallets. (laughs) They're all... Their coin purse. Yeah. This is like the most egregious point in the whole movie, though, for me. Like the the contrast between styles. Because like, I don't know how you would explain it. It's real human faces. I I didn't do the research on like how this was done at all, but it, it, it looks like it's real human faces. Like, transposed over some weird sketch lighting I was going to ask you guys I was going to ask you guys how any of this stuff was done Stevie knows whatever you said earlier Mikey the rotocon or whatever (laughs) rotoscoping it's just where you yeah you just color in film yeah you just film how you would lay out the scene or whatever and then animators just draw over the humans and it's just animated that way frame by frame so it's just a faster and quicker and much cheaper way to do it. That's yeah. why the animation looked so strange. It's like and tracing. For the, and for the the Bree scene, the Prancy Pony, are they doing the same thing, but they're not coloring over? No, what they're doing with that is um, bef- while they're processing the film, they're adding um, light and grain to like the actual film itself. And so when they actually process it, it has that light grainy texture to it. And that's why it looks like actual faces that are grainy, which they are versus like rotoscoped animation, which like what Mikey said is 
them literally filming this like an actual live action movie with costume and actors and everything and tracing over the actor's body and clothes. So weird. Yeah, it's mm. a really odd choice to do. But you it's said it's a lot cheaper? Rotoscoping, yeah, it's far more cheaper and you can get away with it Way being faster. a yeah. not as good artist because you don't need in between. You don't need in between. Yeah, you're just tracing. Yeah, you're just tracing. It's such a mistake for this movie too because like to digest a work of high fantasy like this, especially back in the 70s when you didn't have, you know, Game of Thrones and it wasn't as common, you know, this, this kind of media, you really have to like get into it. You have to be in the moment. You have to be taken away by the story, by the animation style, by whatever you're, you're going with. You have to stick to it. And like when you're constantly pulled out of it and like even wondering, even if you ask the question, like, how did they do that? You're not in Middle Earth anymore and, and the film's going to start mm-hmm. to fall apart. I agree with that. And I think that for the orcs and the ring wraiths, some of this rotoscoping technique works because they are otherly world beings. They're not supposed to look human and real or partially phased out of reality or something. But you're right. That Brie, where it's just other regular folk also looking like ghosts <laughs> or when you get Aragorn standing next to other like Rohan mm. knights or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like they, those guys are also like the realistic looking type. So I even took a screenshot of like Aragorn standing next to one of the, it's, it's so different. And I agree with Pappy on that Me too. I, I'm watching it right now where the, the ring rays beat the shit out of all <laughs> the beds and, and they're pissed <laughs> and it's like all rotoscoped. I mean, I think it looks great, but there's something about the way that like all of the faces are drawn on like all of the characters that whose faces you can see. It's like they look terrible. I, I don't know, design wise, like I don't know, they're all pretty ugly, horrible men in this movie. But <laughs> Legolas is I kinda beautiful. like the way this movie looks though. I, I like the way that this movie looks for some reason. It's like I don't know, psychedelic. It looks like a Led Zeppelin music video to me honestly it's crazy looking they, frank bakshi originally wanted led zeppelin to do the music oh my god that would be insane that would have been a crazy that would have upped this movie quite a bit yeah they didn't let people use their music in movies for a long time i wish led zeppelin after that would have made like a dark side of the moon wizard of oz sort of album that's supposed <laughs> to be played with this mm. that'd be so cool um i feel like we keep coming back to the ring wraiths a lot and I think, despite what Stevie says about them w- walking weird and Very stuff. Very like, geriatrically. I, yeah, they're, and they're <laughs> old. They're, they're hundreds of years old. I don't but, care. <laughs> yeah, you you don't like walk like magic. that. You don't walk like that. <laughs> I think it's just really clear Peter Jackson used the design for them from this movie quite a bit. The scene with the beds is very similar. And I think, dare I say, what is it called, Brett? Mountain top or... Pillow top, weather top, weather top, pillow top, pillow top, pillow top mattresses up at, up at mushroom top. Uh, I really liked, I really liked that scene where he goes into the spirit world. Corey, can you kind of fill that in? So they're, uh, they're sitting around a fire and Chavez is making some peyote. (laughs) And they all start taking oh it. God. And Dirty sense. Steve is like, you guys see the size of that chicken? It's fucking classic. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, I gotta get How about in this answer. movie? 
I'm gonna edit in the sound of the ring wraith orgasming over Corey saying that like whole thing. But <laughs> <laughs> can you fill us in on what happens in this movie? So you mean when the ring wraiths show up and uh, Aragorn's trying to like fight him off with the fire? Yeah. I, just can you describe what it's like when Frodo puts on the ring and the spatial elements that kind of happen? From it's then up to uh, Rivendell is. It's kind of hard to describe, but like you said, there's um, there's a lot of flashing colors, and it is very. My notes say it's like an LSD trip. I know not to go back to that joke too often, but um, I don't know. Things are very like confusing. The backgrounds aren't solid. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of colors. I don't know. Maybe someone can pick it up from there. I don't got a whole lot. The sky is awesome. Like like in a lot of this movie, is he doesn't commit to having any kind of like realistic sky like particularly here like i think this is like a lot of like dark green and like broad brush strokes and stuff like it's just like it's like a i don't know abstract painting for this guy i remember that yeah i remember a lot of like bright red and there's definitely mixed media here because the ring rays in this other world are definitely just it's guys being filmed it's like and it's filtered through in this animation. I don't know. It's like very mixed media. Like it's obviously this is still camera work mm-hmm. while they're having Aragorn fight these ring raids that are clearly men. I have a question for Brett because I don't remember what happens in the in the book. Like what what is the actual story here? Because in the movie, he rides with that like Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler, <laughs> right? Like it's what? Glorfindel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. By you the way, this. I would say Corey's probably uh, more of a. Uh, I'm actually going to re-listen to the book soon, but Corey's probably listened to it or read it more recently. But yeah, it's Glorfindel. I was telling, I was like pumped. I was like, "Sweet, we're going to see Glorfindel," and then I was like, "Legolas." <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first time in my life I was not pumped to see Legolas show up. Yeah, because he looks so fucking stupid. <laughs> Look at Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I said, I said, he's not quite as hot as Orlando Bloom, is he, Brittany? She's like, no. <laughs> why don't you just continue on then brett because after and i, and I must say it's a pretty stunning scene when the ring wraiths are on horses they chase frodo on horseback through fields and there's a really like one for one shot of like two of the horses coming out of the woods and kind of cutting them off that you also see in peter jackson's version but they get to that river and maybe you know its name brett but this plays out the way you told us it happens in the books and not with Steve Tyler's daughter. So how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... I think this, besides the whole Glorfindel thing, I mean, he's the one that shows up. um, You know, he's uh, one of the most powerful elves in Middle-earth. So he rides across the river, and it's pretty much exactly what happens in the, the book, I think, in this movie, is they cross the river, and Elrond... Uh, makes the river rise up and washes them away. So I think it's the last time in the books or the movies that you see the horses. I think Which they didn't mention it in the movies, in the actual movies, but in this one they said, you know, those horses died, so they need to kind of go regroup and find mm-hmm. other animals. So I actually... That Get was, some pterodactyls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great upgrade for them. I thought... There were a couple scenes, and I'm not—I'm definitely not a guy who usually catches things where I thought editing could be better. I thought this whole sequence, like a five-minute sequence, was so 
weird and could have definitely been edited like, well, when they're both staring at each other across the river, that goes on for way too long. Um, when he's like trying to get on the horse and run away from them, that takes way too long. I just, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Beyond it's that, like, he doesn't know how to end any scene. Like every <laughs> scene has like either an ending that goes on way too long where you see the characters like look at each other affectionately for five <laughs> seconds or just smash cuts <laughs> to a totally different location in Middle Earth. It's bizarre. I and, feel like another scene we'll get to later is when the orcs and the Rohirrim are like staring at each other for like eight minutes. I had no clue <laughs> what was going on in that scene. What are they doing? Like, Building tension. I'm just like, that could be cut who. down to a minute and a half, you know? I, I know, Josh, like the one scene where the two riders come out and try to cut them off, I thought that actually looked pretty cool. I just thought there were some really weird things that could have been cut down a couple minutes. but And it's like you weird slow-mo and... The long pauses are meant to be for John Bonham's drum fills to the movie that we never got. <laughs> it's supposed to be a rock opera, guys. Yeah, oh, but the end result of all that is just an extreme feeling of awkwardness. Like, this is the most awkward movie I've seen in a long time. Oh, dude, it could have been called The Lead of the Rings. That's so good. As we, as we try to crawl along the plot just to give us some sort of structure to the pod, um, Frodo gets to Rivendale safe. Um, Elrond heals him, and he just kind of wakes up with Gandalf in his face, much like in the movies. Um, Bilbo doesn't do oh that thing. I was waiting for it. Instead, but, Frodo's going to cold cock him. But I still think that's... <laughs> That scene is just so similar to the movie and similar to the writing that I think J.R.L. Tolkien laid out. Like, Bilbo put prob- on his O face? <laughs> I just think this is one of the places where the writing really shines through. And even if it's crappy animation in the 70s, like I was still kind of glued to the screen. I kept waiting for him to go spying. So I definitely was glued to the screen. Does he do anything or does he just like look at it in jealousy or something? Does he try to grab for it? I don't know. Kind of. He gets real close. He gets all up in Frodo's personal space. He kind of strokes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, he, yeah he's a uh, hard stroke. Oh, boy. <laughs> so ages tonight, Stevie. Gosh. There's a lot of weird movements in this movie, Josh. <laughs> like, if you're going to, re- like, think about it this way an actor did those movements, Josh. That's not animated moving. An actor did that movement. But, Stevie, we talk about this all the time. Like, you know, there's a lot of components that go into animation, and people are just like kind of blanketly say animation's good or animation's bad. But it's like the set design, it's like the character design, but it's also the acting itself and even though this is rotoscoped i feel like the acting in this movie didn't pay off from an animation perspective you know what i mean it's not at all especially with like the faces that like the hobbits make like throughout half the movie so weird i mean it it just didn't line up with i Mm. I was confused by the direction (laughs) they were giving like they like they were given because a lot of the expressions they were making made no sense and it's like well an actor has to do this from the draw over it and pap like Think about it. We're nearly 40 years removed from Snow White and about 38 years removed from Fantasia and Pinocchio, which are, which are 
our favorite Disney movies. Like, don't you think it'd have been wiser just to make this a full-blown animated movie instead of having, instead of shooting an actual live-action movie and rotoscoping over it? Because you get scenes well, here, like this. Well, here is the mistake, and I think I think Brett's also seen that Anchors Away clip with Gene Kelly, yeah. uh, where he dances with the little mouse Jerry? or whatever. Yeah, I think he dances so. with Jerry. Yeah. That is 1940 fucking four, and this is 1978. This is nearly 34 years later, and that looks better than this. And I, and I think their big mistake was not consistently applying the animation sc- like scheme. Like I, I think you could have had like real looking people if it was like all of the men were real looking people, and like kind of like a, like you know uh, a Mary Poppins type deal where you have yeah. certain characters who are cartoons, certain characters who are people, and you just stick to it. And I would like kind of help the audience like decipher this because they don't have the Peter Jackson movie as a point of reference. There's like going in cold, a lot of them. So yeah, I- I'm totally with you. What they did is very confusing. Like it's just, it's just kind of showing how hard animation is because I feel like it's brutal. If di- like, if Disney would have done this, like it would have been like a, like way better. Like it would have looked way better. Correct. Like in the seventies, in the seventies, wasn't really a great Disney decade. Like I was looking at the animated films like, mm-hmm. the best one was probably Robin Hood, and that was in the early 70s. So, I just, it's just, it was such crude animation. I'm not even talking about the rotoscoping or whatever, but, like, yeah, you mentioned it. Isn't there a famous Mary Poppins scene where it's, like, animation with... Penguins. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it looks, like, way better than this, right, obviously? That's not Disney, though, is it? Yeah, it is. Yes. With Dick Van Dyke dancing with the penguins. Yeah, yeah, totally. What, um, what studio is this? United Artists. That made this Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brett, the reason is... Sorry, Pap, go ahead. I was going to say, Brett, to your question, Frank Bakshi, this is kind of like his style. I haven't seen a lot of his work, and he didn't do heavy metal, so don't add us. My, my bad. But, like, from what... I, like, there's a really... Some great, like, collections about him, and, like, Corey Coleman from Double Toasted, like, really, really, really loves him and, and you know, speaks really highly of him. But this is, like, very consistent <laughs> to his style. It's very gritty. But, but go ahead, okay. CK, sorry. Didn't I was going to say, Brett, um, th- what I keep saying in-betweeners is... Typically, you have your lead artist that creates like an creates images of actual poses that the um, that the character will make, and these are really refined poses. Mm-hmm. Then they have beginner artists or artists who just got to the company that kind of fill in the spaces in between, mm-hmm. and it looks really smooth. And I think the fear with doing this, probably with this animation company, why they rotoscoped it is if you're not precise, you don't have phenomenal in-betweeners and also great lead artists, you kind of get this rubber hose look where the arms don't move consistently and the body kind of does a swirl. It's really like a rubber hose look to it. So I imagine that's why they rotoscoped it outside of the budget alone. I'd love to see an example of that. Um, look at um, Cab Calloway and his uh, how they took um, his dance routines from I think the 20s or 30s and put it on a rotoscope. All right, I'm looking it up. I mean, not not now, but I'm gonna make a note. Yep. I love that animation. That's that Cab Calloway thing is really cool. Yeah. One right. of my favorite things said on the pod so far it was Stevie just saying like the actors had to actually do all this stuff so they could draw it. And in the background, I had the movie playing, and it was the Council of Elrond, and freaking <laughs> Elrond is just sitting on top of the table with his like balls hanging out. <laughs> Looking like fucking Prince Eric. Looking like a human. <laughs> he looked so weird. I thought he was. Uh, that one kind of missed the mark for me, but it's like what Papsy Pappy said about the character design. Like, 
you can't really tell the elves between the humans in this. And sometimes you can't tell the difference between Gimli and Boromir. I know. Br- Brittany mm-hmm. thought they were the same person for like a long time. <laughs> it just depends how tall they want to make Gimli at any given moment. Yeah. Okay, but Gandalf looks fucking sick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they, they nailed Gandalf. They did. I will concede to that. Okay, so in this movie, the 1978 animated version, Gandalf wants to go through the mines. Yeah. In the movies, he wants to go over the top, which makes a lot more sense to me because he would want to avoid the ball rock. So what happens in the books? Corey? I believe it follows the movie pretty well. They try the mountains. Which movie? What do you mean? Oh, that's right. Uh, (laughs) The Peter Jackson movie. (laughs) (laughs) Film. Yeah. I think you're right, Josh. I feel like it makes more sense that Gandalf would want to stay away from what he believes to be down there, like at all costs. And the so hobbits are all like small and easily frozen, kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in terms of differences, I do remember that in the animated film, it is Gandalf who opens the door by saying the right word, just like the book. But in the animated movie, I, I think it's implied that Bill the Pony gets killed. Yeah, by the- yeah. Zeus, <laughs> that was not. Yeah, and yeah, they make a cool. they make a point. They talk about build a pony a lot in the book, and uh, he makes it back. I'm pretty sure. I think that Peter Jackson included that like little sentence in the movies is almost like a throwback to this movie too, because Bill is not like a big character in Peter Jackson's films, but there's still like Sean Astin being like, "All right, go on, Bill." Like out of nowhere. And what's Aragorn saying? Like he'll find his way back or something <laughs> like that. Wink, he'll wink. It out. He'll be good. <laughs> He'll find his way into that sea monster stomach. <laughs> but we've all seen the scene before. The octopus or whatever tries to grab the hobbits out. They start walking through the mines, which look pretty freaking cool in this, I think, at least. Uh, there's a little bit of ordering that's different from Peter Jackson's films. Like, the tomb isn't necessarily where the fight with the troll is, which isn't necessarily where the book is, which isn't necessarily where the well is. So... It piqued my brain just to walk through Moria because it's like, as you guys know, one of my favorite parts of the films. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, one of the really cool things here, Stevie, is I think it's cool. The ball rock in this. Can you describe oh, it? <laughs> okay. First off, let's talk about that cave troll. That was just a husky man. <laughs> that was no cave troll. I couldn't tell which one was which until he started yeah. beating everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, until he threw that, he until he shucked that spear. Uh, yeah, that was just a husky man. But the Balrog. Now that's a man wearing a lion's head who's yes. probably about six five. <laughs> that's what that was. But the the Balrog is um okay. So in the books, in the movie. This dude's like 60 feet tall. Is that not the way in the books? Because this is a seven-foot man. I don't think he's... I think he's more Very like top 14 heavy. feet tall, isn't he? Yeah. He's but, not like... I don't think he's massive like in the in the Peter Jackson's but I easily, think he's more of just a little taller, you know... Easily one of my favorite right parts there. of Peter Jackson's film, but this is strangely... Actually, it's way down the line, but I kind of want to get to it now because it kind of ties in. So when Gandalf is in Fanghorn, he's talking about how he fell with the Balrog, and they were showing kind of like, um, kind of like just paintings of like what the Balrog looked like and zooming in and out. I would have been totally okay if they did that in the fight with Gandalf, 
because those paintings and kind of like drawings of, you know, kind of the, I guess you could say uh, unfinished drawings or finished drawings looked what the battle was going to look like would have looked so cool with a fight with Gandalf. They did, but I've never been part of an argument where people argue the height of a non-corporeal life form. Like, you can't put a limit on a Balrog. He's made of, like, fire and flame. He could be 70 feet or 14 feet. He could shape himself like a dude a dude with a lion's mask on. Yeah. <laughs> dude with a lion's mask. That would be mask. my go-to. <laughs> uh, I mean, it plays out really similar. He says, fly, you fools, as he's falling down. They run out. No um, shall, though. There was no shall. Yeah. Real disappointing. I feel like Peter Jackson was really lucky this movie was made to give him some really <laughs> solid like Pointers? sketches. Yeah, Do don't you think? According to uh, Lord of the Rings wiki, uh, Balrogs are typically twice the height of elves. It's like 14 feet. Uh, that's not yeah. that big. No, it's so not. He's... But like Josh says, they're fire demons, so they might be able to like expand and I don't know. They're pretty cool. But it just feels like, I hate to go back to this. When you animate something, the only limit you have is your imagination. They could have drawn the Belrog to be the most interesting thing we've ever seen in an animated movie. Like, think about, like, who's the bad guy in Fantasia? The, the guy at the end, Stevie? Oh, uh, the, um, on, on, uh, Chernobog. Chernobog. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Night I, on Bald I think Mountain. about. Like that is fantastic character design. I don't know why they like relied on like the guy who looks like the the lion bad guy from Power Rangers, Goldar <laughs> or something. Like <laughs> that's what he looks like. I don't know like why limit yourself. Don't just Goldar. That really did point. think it was kind of cool. I don't know. There's nothing more breakneck though than losing our a, a very integral character of Gandalf, and then literally three seconds later, Frodo Gunn. All right, what's next? Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> it moved on really quick. Yeah, that was a real quick mourning period for this movie. I, I do have a, a little disappointing news, like even worse. Durin's bane is considered slightly larger and taller than a man, so he's even shorter. He's like a short Balrog. So. <laughs> he's like a little Balrog. So, like, the seven <laughs> foot tall Stevie is probably pretty accurate. Not cool, man. <laughs> he's like. He's like, yeah, I'm definitely six one. <laughs> definitely six one. There's a whole. They make a whole point in the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, the in the Peter Jackson one for they're devastated. They can't go on. They're about to get in a for fight about. Sake. And then there's like, yeah, well, what's the point of even going on? Like he was like more mad than sad. In this one, so mm-hmm. it was kind of weird. Like that. Yeah, let's move on. Nobody cares I mean, they have off. to. They got a lot of story to tell in this movie. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a long movie, yeah. but there. I mean, the story is really packed down. So what yeah. they do get to next is uh, Galadriel and her kingdom, of everlasting Lothlorien. I thought they really d- did a good job in this movie of explaining why Frodo, uh, why they have such mixed feelings about him, and basically it's because like. If he doesn't get rid of the ring, Sauron will eventually amass forces and be big enough to to destroy Lothlorien. And if he does destroy the ring, that means that their power from the rings that they have from back ages and ages ago will all slowly fade. So, like, 
They're screwed if they do, screwed if they don't. And I think that's something I kind of missed in Peter Jackson's versions. There's also like some little stuff that if you aren't a buff, you're never going to see like Boromir. There's a couple like strange looks he gives with Galadriel, but they really don't delve into that she's like catching him out in his Judas Iscariotness really yet. And then Pappy, the imagination here of the sparks coming out of her ring. That's pretty cool, right? Yes. Yeah, I like the rainbow design. I, I like the whole interior, actually, of Galadriel's place. And actually, frankly, you know, I talked about how that was always my least favorite part of Fellowship. I like that she kind of stays in character. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's not any like more weird... of like a, a throwaway statement. Like she's making. It's like is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's it crazy. She's more or less like, oh yeah, yeah. This is what I would do with the ring. Yeah, so. As opposed to I'll be darker than the dawn. Yeah, it's it's no <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's 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 a throwaway statement, but I understood and maybe it was like Josh the context with the other rings, but I understood her choice more and like her relief at like passing the test. I that never translated to me in the Peter Jackson film. So th- this might be something I like a little bit more. She is clearly like a buxom babe in this yeah. movie. Animated too. smoke show. Yeah. <laughs> That's Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> Google Ralph Bakshi right now and go to images and like at least five of the top ten images will have nipples of f- women animated. <laughs> <laughs> nipples with animated women behind them. Try it right now while you're driving in your car listening to this podcast. Yeah. Nipples it. with women around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, like Corey was talking about earlier, uh, Boromir kind of has his moment here pretty quickly after this. There's not much in between time. He goes nutso on Frodo, doesn't he? He goes sicko mode. (laughs) It's similar, I guess, to the Peter Jackson movie to kind of paint the picture for those that haven't seen this one. You know, he approaches Frodo when Frodo's by himself and he he basically says, look, let's go to Gondor. We're going to use this ring against Sauron. I mean, everyone in the movie except Boromir knows that that is not even possible, but he's still like sticking to it. He kind of gets more and more tempted, and he goes after Frodo. And just like the Peter Jackson movie, puts on the ring, and he kind of, like, runs out of there. But he doesn't, like, kick him in the balls or whatever, like in the Peter Jackson <laughs> one, before he leaves. He's kind of looking for that, but hey. And I've been an apologist, kind of, for this movie all along. But, I mean, Stevie Pappy, would you guys disagree with me that the Boromir death scene is pretty freaking awesome? Well... In, in what way, Josh? <laughs> I liked it. I think, well, first of all, the violence is shocking. Like, he gets yeah. shot with arrows in his chest, and it's bloody in this PG movie. And there's force with the arrows. It's like driving him back. The orcs yeah, are really but, scary. Yeah, well, but it's, it's, all under, it's all undercut because, like, while he's getting shot up, there's this shot of Mary and Pippin who look at each other, and they look at each other, and they have, there's literally affection and joy on their face while this is happening. <laughs> it is terribly acted by the animators. It makes no sense. Also, I mean, the animation of Boromir dying, yes, Josh, is really cool. But the live action of, like, orcs that they, like, bump into is so appalling and hard. Like, it just takes you completely out of the movie. The orcs look ridiculous. They look like, I mean, yeah, it's just so men bad. jumping around in pantyhose. <laughs> like I said earlier, I like I like the orcs in the rotoscope. Like, I think it works for them because they should have some sort of 
just core difference than humans. But I will also say, like, Pappy, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about with them looking happy. I'm wa- I'm watching back to the scene now. I can't see any there's, smiles. There's a, there's a shot. I'll tell you a, st- a timestamp here. Like, in I, I'm seconds. watching too. Yeah. Stamps. <laughs> it's right, like, when they get shot. Like, right after, like, he gets shot. And then he... Maybe Stevie has it for us, but it is very bizarre. Right there. There's a smile right there at 123.42. Just send it to the group and we'll put it on Instagram. Yeah. It's fine. But any, it's fine. 123.42. But anyway, for, for those who are enjoying us in the audio format, like the rest of us, uh, I don't know. I Did you like, Josh, when Boromir used his like, dragon voice to like back up the orcs? He just like screams at them and they, they tremble away. <laughs> The orcs are very fickle in this movie as a whole. <laughs> they seem to give up quite easily. <laughs> I think after Boromir dies, the movie, if it wasn't going at a breakneck pace already, it really just flies through what we know as the Two Towers movie here. Um, let's hit on some high-level notes. First of all, we're introduced to Gollum. And Brett, since you said you liked Gollum so much, why don't you uh, spell spell him out for us? Oh my gosh, he's just cracked out. I, I don't know what else to say. He's, he's just like mumbly. It's hard to even understand. I, I didn't even understand hardly anything he said. It, they like take a like a movie and a half of rich Anthony Circus acting and like ball it up into like a Play-Doh ball and like just do it in like an eight minute span. It's just so weird. It's hard to describe. I just thought he was hilarious, but it was like, he looked terrible, but like... Well, for one, he looks like Mac from Mac and Me. He does. Oh, he definitely does look like Mac Horrifying. from Mac Horrifying. Pap, how would you describe Smeagol, for someone who's never seen any of the movies, how would you describe this being? Uh, He looks like a Drogar from Skyrim, like an undead kind of zombie being. Like His skin is brown. Uh, first of all, and like his accent. What are you saying? Well, no, no I'm gonna say like he's not a gray skin character. He's more like a zombie, like in Skyrim or something. But I, I don't know. I I feel like his. Sorry, I was trying to find the screenshot of them smiling. Uh, when you said that, but like I don't know. He's his accent is a, is a little bit more refined at some at some points too. Am I wrong there? Like it seems like he would kind of like slip in and out of the Smeagol. No, I, I picked up on that. Definitely. No time. No time. The precious is heavy. Yes. Very heavy. Smeagol knows. He is. He just kind of like lumbers around. He looks like a cracked he's, out Night King. But he's also yeah, just animated awkwardly. Half the time he's talking, he sounds like an upper, like a uh, rich person's butler, English <laughs> butler. And the other half, he's like, it's cracked out looking for, you know whatever he's looking for. I just, it just was really weird. Like maybe it was supposed to be, you know, the two sides of them, the Smeagol and the Gollum. Uh, maybe that's why they were slipping in and out, but I don't know. He talks like an English butler and he talks like Brad Pitt and snatch <laughs> <laughs> two sides of them. Well, Mikey, you hate long movies. And while this might this be a long, one. while it might yes, be a long movie, they do a really good job of truncating what would be the two towers. Uh, like the whole Rohan, Theoden, Army, and Isengard. Did you appreciate that not being so drawn out, I guess? I I mean, it's already... Well, you have to kind of guess what was their intention. Was this going to be a two- or a three-part movie? Like, what do you guys think? We're, so they said 
it was supposed to be two parts and they even this was named part one at first but they decided not <laughs> to go with that because the director and like the powers that be thought people wouldn't spend money to see it if it was only quote half a movie mm-hmm. so they just called it lord of the rings so people were expecting the whole trilogy in this <laughs> audiences were confused didn't like it that much i would be upset too uh because there's the best book is just pretty much uh well i guess we get the best parts but we don't get any build up to that we get all the fighting but i mean with no context it's pretty jarring going from Gollum to now we're in a 20 minute battle scene up until the end of the movie so there's just so much time spent like with stampedes traveling back and forth kind of in obstructed abstract angles mm-hmm. i didn't really understand why pappy with his screenshot sharing yeah i got it dude <laughs> <laughs> pappy's gonna die on this hill let it go mikey <laughs> So we get a little bit of Ent action, and by a little bit, I mean they're just just the basic plot points. There is a such thing called an Ent. It does have Pippin and Mary. I don't think we that see Pippin and Mary. That was hand-drawn, and it looked good. It the did Ent look cool. looked cool. There should have been way more Ent, way more yeah, cheaper. Yeah, that was the only like actually non-rotoscope thing in this movie. Hmm. He looked pretty crazy though, like pretty stupid. I'm, if like, that whole movie was drawn, if this whole movie was drawn like that, I'd have been happy. He definitely stuck out because he looks like a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> but everybody else looks slightly too realistic for this movie. Yeah. I don't know. He's not smiling while trees are getting burned to the ground. Wormtum looks like um, Paul Bear from the old <laughs> yes, WWE. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, Pappy, how does this movie leave us off? Like, can you just describe kind of the awkward in-between spot in the books and movies that we're at when they decide to start the credits? Yeah, so the the last action that I think we see is is at Helm's Deep, um, and uh, King Theoden, is that his name, right? Yeah. He He's saying, I'm not going to go out like a little bitch, like we're all going to ride out there together, and they all ride out. And they're, like, like I think Mikey or Corey said this, so there's a lot of standing around at the battle scenes, they kind of like all stand around and like get surrounded by Oryx and then Theodens just starts shouting, Gandalf! Gandalf! <laughs> and that works. Did you, did you happen to see whose voice that was? Uh, no, I missed it. Who is it? He's uh, he's uh, from The Shining. Well, you've always been here, sir. Oh, he's, no way. He's Grady, yeah. Big couple of years for him. That's awesome. But yeah, I yeah. mean, Gandalf, the, the Rohirrim, ride in, defeat the orcs. And I, I think it, I might be wrong here, but I think it ends with Gandalf like tossing his sword up in the air like the end of a graduation <laughs> movie. And it freeze frames <laughs> on the sword. And it's like, next time on Lord of the Rings or something like that. Have, like a jumping high five, like freeze yeah. frame. <laughs> it ends with... <clears throat> Breakfast fist pump, fist pump in the yeah, air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about the very end, it ends with the line like, "Nothing is resolved at, at the end of this except for like a a battle along the way." But the last line is something like, 
The forces of darkness were driven forever from the face of Middle Earth that day. <laughs> like, what? Were they really? <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> Depending on whether or not we get funding for the next movie, the forces of darkness were driven out of Middle Earth. It almost seems today. like something that was put in for like the home release because they realized they didn't. I mean, could that have been possible? Maybe. Yeah. Like, because videos weren't really out in 78, like it's say in 86 when VHS came out, they're like, well, we never made a sequel for this, so let's add a voiceover at the end. He was toying around with making a sequel into the 2000s. Though. I saw that. And yet there, there is a re- uh, re- Return of the King movie, right? Yeah, but the different, uh, it's different people. It's like, it was like from like 1980. Mm. We should definitely watch that. I remember seeing that Return should- of the King VHS a lot when the Lord of the Rings movies were in theaters just to trick poor grandmas who were going to buy those. <laughs> Made a comeback. Anything to keep the Lord of the Rings podcast feeds popping. Anything. <laughs> we'll trick old grandmas for views. We don't care. <laughs> I got you this Lord of the Rings podcast. That's not the Lord of the Rings podcast I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main spoilers feed. <laughs> Well, just my last question before we get into yes or no's is Anthony Daniels, our king of spoilers. All hail. How how none of a factor is he in this one? Well, I didn't recognize him because of the red arm. Legolas, right? Yep. Ah, Legolas. Then do. I never do do not done. May go bonnet. I, I couldn't believe how bad Legolas was at shooting arrows in this movie. <laughs> or just how bad his face looked. Yeah, so bad. Has anybody seen uh, uh, Care Bears 2? <laughs> no. I never Dark saw Heart? Care Bears 1. No. Dark Heart? Oh, man. Looks just like Legolas. <laughs> it's just... like I, 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 I The guys on the podcast know because we're all in a group text thread together. I can't even convey to the audience how much it irritates me that fucking Anthony fucking Daniels has been in the most movies that we podcasted. Like... <laughs> I was so happy like when I started to put together the list of the King of Spoilers and Letterboxd helped a lot, but I was just so disappointed that for like basically two years now, he's been the king, and, and he adds almost nothing to the movies that he's in. <laughs> he has more guaranteed picks coming his way, too. <sighs> oh, no. We, we got to get through all the Star no. Wars. Do we? Do we? If you want to have a Star Wars feed, yeah. Yeah, those are cheesy <laughs> jokes. <laughs> well, guys, I think it's that time. Time for yes or no's. Going from east to east. Oh, no, uh, don't me first. We I, go, go east to east. East to yeah. east. East to east. We'll go to east to east, but east. I'm going to go first. Okay. Anyway, I, even though I'm in Goshen, Indiana, I'm going to go first. So I'm going to give this movie a soft yes Good in preparation. God. For a lot of no's coming down the pipe, I think that I did have fun as a Lord of the Ran- as a Lord of the Rings fan watching this. Uh, it just piqued my brain just noticing all the little differences, and I think like Brett said about Smeagol, and like we talked a little bit about Sam and the orgasm blumpkin noises <laughs> of the ring race. Like I laughed a lot, and I watched this movie with my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, and. We had a good time watching it. I'm going to give it a yes. And they tried to make it creative. And I think 
I don't know. I can't I can't crap on them too much. So let's get I'll at least put out one yes. Pappy or ooh, sorry, Corey, you're up. Okay. Well, I was actually debating on this for a while after watching it, and I landed on a no. I also like had fun with this Josh as a Lord of the Rings fan uh, at times. But more than that, I was taken out of it by the awkwardness and the the weird like silliness of like like was mentioned in the spoilers thread. I don't think we talked about it specifically here, but like this is the best movie to get screenshots from because like still <laughs> frames from this movie are so weird. And this movie is very rushed and I don't know, maybe it's just uh maybe it's really bad pacing because they're just trying to condense all this together, but it's just like one thing happens, another thing happens, and yeah. I'm going to give it a no, but, you know, it's it has some merit. So it's kind of like The Last Jedi. I never got really to say it, yes or no on The Last Jedi officially, so. <laughs> <laughs> Safe move from the proprietor of a Star Wars memes account. <laughs> Last Jedi haters and fans <laughs> like memes, too. Uh, I'll give this a no, and I think it's largely because that there is just such a better version of this IP that exists. And it's it's a very long movie. It's a two-hour kids movie. I, I didn't realize that it was, you know, one of the longest animated movies ever at the time. That's I guess that's pretty impressive, but I think ultimately it's kind of a missed opportunity. Like 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 we talked about or or, or we've talked about on some of the Disney podcasts that like the early animated works from them back in the forties are just monumental, insane works of art, and they were so hard to pull off, and there's there's such miracles that they did happen, and Walt Disney kind of actually does deserve all, all the accolades that are, that are heaped upon him. I, I just feel like it would take a bajillion-dollar budget for the 70s and a really dedicated team of, like, hardcore artists all kind of pulling in the same direction and a production company pulling in the same direction for them to pull this off. And it just doesn't work. The, the, the conflicting styles are annoying. It's awkward. Like Corey said, it's, it's silly. Like, like we've said, and I, like I said, there's, there's a much, much better version of this IP that exists. And it also like leads me to think that there is a 100% chance that in all of our lifetimes, there's going to be a, reboot of lord of the rings like probably like a, an eight-part film series starting with the hobbit going through the films um and it, it and i just hope that people like when that happens that people aren't cynical about it because there's great adaptations of this material and there's terrible adaptations of this material peter jackson's done both and you know it it it, it excites me as lord of the rings content but as a film i just i'll never want to watch this again so no for me <laughs> I think Stevie's up, and Stevie, within your yes or no, I think you, I deserve an explanation. You acted so pumped, so happy, and you've done nothing but crap on this. Come on. Dude, this movie's an experience. It didn't say it was a good experience. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, when it's supposed to be an animated movie. I don't know if they ran out of money, but seeing people, like, in a badly lit red soundstage hop around explaining kind of what led up to this movie is hilarious but I fall in line with Pappy I mean I know he said it before but 
I think I've said it before in a couple podcasts. Pinocchio, I think, is the greatest animated movie of all time. And, I mean, that movie, what they did is insane. And to think almost 40 years later, they couldn't even come close, like, anywhere near what that movie was just kind of bothers me as well as, I mean, the conflicting styles really stick out like a sore thumb. As well as there's no character arcs in this movie whatsoever. None. Everyone is just flat the same the entire time. And I understand there's going to be a part two. But there's also nothing is resolved in this movie whatsoever. And I think the real shining light of this movie, if I had to pick one, is the tune in next time on Lord of the Rings. Uh, Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Next time. Yeah, that's like the shining light. As well as the... And forces of evil return away forever. Goodbye. Um, I mean, that is, that's the best part of the whole movie, which is the end. I will never watch this movie again. And that comes from someone who is a giant Lord of the Rings fan uh, with Peter Jackson's movies. So not a hard no. I appreciate what he, what Bakshi tried to do. It just didn't work. And I think, you know, half-assing or quarter-assing three things doesn't look good. I mean, he could just whole-ass one thing. So, yeah, it's a no. Some of that review reminded me of how, like, Pappy just crapped on Mushu from Milan because he's not Jiminy Cricket. Like, not everything can be Pinocchio, you guys. Right. No, but it's also 40 years removed, and it looks like it came out 50 years before. It's also one of the scariest (laughs) cartoons ever. I think he has some more points than he's not Jiminy Cricket. Like, he he was saying, like, the usefulness of the character, whatever. Thank you, Corey. (laughs) <laughs> he's definitely no Jiminy Cricket and a man who is a Jiminy Cricket it Fred <laughs> wait know. is it Mikey yet oh yeah sorry Mikey <laughs> Mushu Mikey uh, uh, you know what I think uh, I think it's alright visually because I uh, the whole Led Zeppelin thing has got me really rethinking <laughs> what this was intended to be because as a visual like music visual i don't know just like experience it would be amazing to listen to to like some led zeppelin i think it looks great uh if there was like some rock music to the backdrop of this as a movie uh describing and going through the story of lord of the rings it's not good um so uh, i'll give it a yes on the looks i'll say Watch it the way God intended and get super high. <laughs> put the volume on low and then just listen to Led Zeppelin. And I think you'll have a much better time because the acting in it is terrible. The animation is kind of off, but I think that would be covered up with music pretty well. But it's not a good movie. Um, <laughs> and they really just press fast forward on like the last third of this uh, story. So... We never get the second half, and it's really abrupt ending. But um, I don't know, man. I, I I honestly think it was totally meant to be like a musical visual experience because it's just so bad. Like, I don't know. I think they got like halfway done through it. They realized Led Zeppelin was gonna <laughs> let them use the music, and then it's like, shit. We have all of this money invested into all of this animation, this crappy animation that was supposed to just be a music video, and we got to do something with it. I don't know. That's what it feels like to me, honestly. So I'll give it a, a 
soft yes. Mikey, you and I should make a like a Topher Grace Star Wars Led Zeppelin version. I was of this movie. I was thinking of that. Like I I already have the video and I could just download some Led Zeppelin. You could probably edit something pretty interesting and fun to watch in like ten minutes. Even if, for ten minutes, even if it's just some orgasm faces like montage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just all of Frodo's stupid faces, stupid reaction faces. All right, we can't forget Brett. Yeah, so I, this is going to be a soft no for me. Um, <sighs> I grew up watching, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the 1977 Hobbit animated film. Oh, yeah. I grew up watching that, and I always really liked it. And like looking back, I think the animation's a lot cooler, and I thought the story and voice acting was better. And actually, I found out that the people who made that movie was... Uh, Topcraft, which ended up becoming Studio Ghibli or whatever, Ghibli or whatever. So, um, I, future Lord of the Rings spoilers, possibly. And they also the one that did the the Return of the King, uh, nineteen eighty one. So I want to watch that as well. I mean, I don't really need to get too in depth. We we pretty much talked about it. It's kind of a mess. Um, I thought some of the dialogue was cool. I thought there were some cool dialogue parts, like Pappy brought up. I thought that. Uh, Galadriel scene was cool, and I actually I'm a Galadriel going crazy to def- scene defender, so, but I still like this kind of aloof, throwaway conversation that she had. It just didn't do it for me. I couldn't wait for it to be over. Um, I actually said to Brittany, <laughs> I said I can't possibly give this a yes, right? And uh, that that's I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we watched it. It's been a really fun pod, but I'm gonna have to give it a soft no. Sorry, Josh. Man, well, sorry to you guys for making you watch a film you all hated so much. <laughs> Josh, you re- see the best podcast. I think I know what how this movie could be re-edited to where I could give it a yes. So I didn't bring it up, but Gandalf's eyes looked like he was on an insane amount of crack this entire movie. <laughs> like, I think if you got Al Pacino to voice Gandalf, it would make this movie incredible, along with Led Zeppelin playing. Can someone here please do a Pacino impression? Nah, I can't. A fly, you fools. <laughs> I'm not trying to rob you, Frodo. I'm not trying to rob you, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Bilbo, I guess. Not bad. All right. Well, you got you all ready for trivia? Yeah, yeah. If you're new to spoilers, we do a trivia at the end of every episode to decide who gets to pick the next movie. Uh, we're going to have two stages of this. So the top two of you who are there four of you five of you five of you Um, one of me (laughs) there's only one kylo ren but (laughs) there are five of you and after this first round there will only be two so we're gonna go all the way back to 1978 and god pappy do you have an order for us yeah i sent it to you uh almost two hours ago it was pappy stevie brett mikey Corey. (laughs) send it to who the group thread. Uh, but then it was buried under a bunch of Lord of the Rings memes, so maybe you missed that. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, Stevie, Brett, Mikey, Corey. Okay. So we'll go in that order. I think it's going to be a little advantage to go last here, Corey. Um, but after you choose, or after you hear what the topic is, Corey, I, you can go first, second, third, fourth, <clears throat> or fifth. Okay. You can choose. Um, so here's <clears throat> the deal Top 100 songs of 1978 pop hits. Oh my uh, God. When it's your turn, 
you your goal is to name a band and a song. You you can oh, get God. one point for each instance the band is listed, and you get if it's the number one song of the decade, you also get an additional hundred points. So the hundredth song of the decade or the year is worth just one point. So there's a hundred songs. There's fewer bands but there's kind of a couple ways to get points and like i said the top two will move on so Corey, do you want what what order do you want to go in um last i guess you're right is the best strategically maybe okay so pappy i believe that makes (laughs) you first so i say a band then the song is that the in either order the Bee Gees. hmm Okay, so, and I'm not going to tell you if you're right. Okay, the song I'm going to go with is Staying Alive. Okay, so Staying Alive is the number four song of the decade. That's going to be a cool 97 points for you. (laughs) Also, Pappy, the Bee Gees. You're actually the Gollum now. (laughs) (laughs) The Bee Gees are on the list three times. That's an additional three points for you. You're at 100 points. That's a great first turn. I don't know why Corey didn't go first. Just joking. Brett or Stevie, I think you're up next. Can I say BGs again? No. BGs are off of the board. No, they're not. He but he already said they were two more songs. So. You can say this another song by them. Oh, screw it. But you will not get no, the three you're just points. Try to screw me out of a victory again. Um <laughs> Kansas. Right. So Oh, I have to name a song now? Yeah. Oh, Dust in the Wind. Dust in the Wind is 39th, so I believe that's 61 points. But Kansas is only on the list once, so 61 plus 1. Brett. Uh, I don't know the name of the song, but I'm going to go with Andy Gibb, who may have had the number one song of that decade. Um, I'm going to go with Our Love, Don't Throw It Away or something like that. I don't know that. Our love. Don't throw it away. I don't want to use your love. It's called like, uh, it's like, don't throw it all away. I love the love. Don't throw it all away. <laughs> uh, so he has three songs on the list, but those wow. are all the points that you get, Brett. Three points? You get three points. There's no song called Our Love. All right. Mikey. I'm really bad at this. Um, Journey? Uh, hmm. now I gotta name a song. Uh, I... I'll spare you. No journey. Oh, okay. Sorry, Mikey. Corey? Thank you for sparing the embarrassment <laughs> of not knowing any journey song. It's gonna say Zeppelin, but I'm gonna go with Queen. We are the champions. If you're gonna say that or Bohemian Rhapsody. Indeed. That's worth 75 points. Queen is on the list one time, so you have 76 points. Oof. Pappy. So I'm out. I'm out. No, there, there's two rounds of this. Oh, okay. Pappy. Then I will go with uh, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. I don't know if the timing's right. I don't think so. Definitely not. That's a goose egger, Pat. Stevie. Wait, there's no Led Zeppelin on the list? No Zep. Wow. What about Sticks? You're still in the lead, though, Pappy, so. Sticks. Uh, sticks? Is on the list. Uh, let's go with Kamsela Way. Number 56. Which gives you 
<laughs> 43 points. Big round. Let's go. Plus one for sticks. Brett, you're up. You need a zinger. Uh, uh, foreigner hot-blooded. Check it and see, Josh. I'm trying. That's <laughs> number 103. That's number 36 they're only on the on the list once we're 75 points right that finishes you off with 78 which unfortunately falls behind both pappy and stevie mikey do you want to throw a wrench uh, into this wheel <laughs> uh blue jean committee uh, <laughs> good guess <laughs> i have no idea it doesn't matter i'm out Corey. um I want to say Pink Floyd, maybe. Uh, I don't think the timeline is right. Uh, Time by Pink Floyd is not on the list. Yeah. I think that was 73-ish. Pappy, Stevie, you get to move on. Stevie, again, you prove yourself. What was the number one song? The number one song was an Andy Gibbs song. It was called Shadow Dancing. Okay. Mm. Hey, Josh, can you check one for me? This is 78, right? Yep. Are John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, yes. <laughs> you're the one that I want? Yep. Oh. Number 13. That would have been a huge Oh, point. man. You're the one that I want. You're the one that I want. So here's what we're going to do. Stevie, you have the most points after that, and you've <laughs> been Lord of the Lord of the Rings for a while. You're a master at this. I, I... Pappy, you have to guess first, and Stevie basically gets to say over or under. But I love the it. question, <laughs> so oh man, the question is: number of arrows that kill Boromir in Peter Jackson's movie times the number of arrows that kill him in this movie. Oh my god, thirty-five. That's a solid guess. Do you care to elaborate on your guess? Like how literally many the first per... number that came into my head, thirty-five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stevie, what are you thinking? Walk oh us through God, what you're thinking. I hate this game. I can't believe uh... I got cheated again. How'd you get cheated? How'd you get cheated? Our love, don't throw it all away. 1978, number nine song in the freaking country. <laughs> oh shit! I have the number <laughs> really? nine song being "Boogie Oogie Oogie" by A Taste of Honey. Love is, in parentheses, thicker than water. Andy Gibb is number can we, one. Can we get an over-under from Stevie? Hold on. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. 35. I think it was four that got him in Peter's. I'll say under 35. Stevie, it was three that got him in Peter's. Oh, damn it. It was seven that got him in this, in, in this one. So that's 21. That's under. That's your movie. Let's go. Spoiler man, give us a quick break while Stevie thinks of a movie. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. And we're back. (laughs) Uh, So just in case anyone was wondering, I got that awesome list of 1978 songs that Brett disputed in the break from musicoutfitters.com so there may be some inaccuracies in there but that's the list we went with. Stevie what movie did you come up with? So as you guys know I love mindless martial arts movies 
And I feel like we need to make Jean-Claude Van Damme the king yes. of spoilers once and for all. <laughs> so I am going to go with... Kind of ways to go. I'm going to go with, with a movie that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Jean-Claude Van Damme's Kickboxer. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. I feel like we already did this movie. <laughs> no. We did. It was called Bloodsport. No. Yeah. We did Bloodsport and kick, Time Cop. Kickboxer's fun, too. So, Pappy, if anyone's listening to this on the Lord of the Rings feed, they should switch over to the spoilers feed to listen to Kickboxer, right? Exactly, yeah. And if you could please give us both ratings. Like I said, the Lord of the Rings feed got more plays like five months after we made it than it did when we initially made it. So hopefully it keeps on growing. So wherever you're listening to us, please show us some love uh, for all the effort we put in. Indeed. And that's it for spoilers, Lord of the Rings today. Thanks, you all, for joining us. Uh, That was spoilers. That's funny. It's coming real hot. Right, you gotta let us work you up to a simmer. You're getting there. It's ten oh three. We're definitely getting there. <laughs> right, oh you're the God. last. Right, one you on. are the last one on. You're the last one yet, on. Yeah, I'm the only one ready to go. Apparently, you're not the only one ready to go. Right, you're giving me notes on the rundown after ten o'clock. How am I supposed to? Here's use how this? this show should be, Josh. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you not ready? I'm telling you exactly what to do. I'm ready. Now. I am ready. <laughs> All right. I'm ready too. Ready. ready. I'm ready. Mikey. Alright. Three, two, one, go. Aragorn may be the king of men, but Legolas? I mean Anthony Daniel. Ah. Redo, redo, redo. <laughs> Is that who he was? I didn't even look. Are you ready, Mikey? Yeah, redo. Hannibal. Oh, oh, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. I like the redo though. Get it right. All right. Three, two, one, go. I could be mistaken. They're using a very primitive dialect, but I do believe they think I am some sort of god. That was spoilers.